She's coming for you, Richie, and she's only the first. You've got to be good. You've got to be ready. Oh, man, killing me is not going to make me ready. You know what I think? This isn't about me or her. It's about Tessa. Tessa's got nothing to do with this. Bull Mac, you can't get past it. I know, you've seen a lot of people die, but you had to be the hero. You sent us out to the car that night. You could have been there. Let it go, Richie. No, you look me in the eye and you tell me you don't blame yourself for her death. I'm trying to protect you from Annie Devlin. Annie Devlin's in jail. She can't hurt me. Welcome to Highlander Rewatched, where each and every week we took a look at a different corner of the Highlander universe. I am one of your rewatchers. I am Eamon. This is Kyle. And this is Keith. And today we're going to be talking about the episode An Eye for an Eye. That's right. Uh, before we jump headfirst into this episode, we thought we'd answer some reader mail from uh, some of our previous episodes. Uh, so this was a question of the week we uh, had a couple weeks ago for the episode Turnabout. Episode number, what was that, six? Five? Nope. None of those. Three. three. Episode yeah. three. Episode three. Yikes. It's confusing. Zeist. <laughs> Revenge of the Jedi. Or no, Revenge of the Sith? What was episode three called? Revenge, Revenge of the, of the Sith. Sith. Yeah. The original title for Return of the Jedi was Revenge of the Jedi. That's right. They didn't think that was appropriate. Mm. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty uh, good. You had a, um, they actually changed the title really late, too. I, I remember uh, a friend of mine had the original, like, Return of the Jedi soundtrack on vinyl, and it said Revenge of the Jedi on the cover. That was wow. cool. That's yeah. neat. cool. Yeah. Trivia. So, um, our question of the week was, can immortals get sick? Um, and so, again, just to clarify these questions of the week, we do know that the show kind of does answer this uh, in the future, but these are kind of thought, thought problems. Thought yeah. problems. Uh, it's just for fun. Uh, so, we know the show does kind of answer it in a really kind of cursory way. Uh, but I think you can delve a little deeper. Uh, and that's kind of the, the point of these questions of the week. So we look forward to everybody kind of digging deep and uh, coming up with some fun, real nerdy, like, ways to justify some of this stuff. On our, that topic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On that topic. Our first email is from Zacho. And he says, Hey, Rewatchers, just some thoughts on this last episode. To answer the question of immortals becoming ill, I don't think they can as far as physical illness goes. Diseases fun function by destroying living cells to propagate, and immortals heal faster than this could happen. Cancer would be tricky, because that's just your own cells going crazy. Maybe being an immortal is just being time-locked into the body they die in. This way, tumors wouldn't be able to grow. Mental disease is a different story. We've already seen clear cases of this occurring in immortals, but mental disorders can be caused by psychological trauma, and also, brain cells don't heal. So maybe immortals are vulnerable to chemical imbalances. That's a very interesting point, Zach. Mm -hmm. uh, you're right about the show sometimes having an improper approach to handling mental illness, but this episode wasn't anything crazy. Duncan could have saved Billy and tried to treat him. But he kept his promise to help Billy avenge Jeanette. Also, mental disorders had a much different stigma in the 90s. Not saying it's anywhere near okay, but this episode is far from being the worst offender. Also, Zach, thank you for keeping calling uh, Quentin Barnes Billy. Yeah. Like the Blue Ranger. As we intend to. Absolutely. <laughs> when we're not going, it's me, Quentin, Quentin Barnes. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little late, but how do you guys think uh, that Dawson got hold of Caleb Cole's axe in The Watchers? We were told that no one had ever been that far out. 
in the Great North Forest, or whatever it was called. So Cole's watcher tracked down his body for who knows how long just to give it to Dawson. Maybe one of those cops was his watcher, because Dawson sure as hell didn't go himself. Wow, great point, because I think we talked amongst ourselves about this, and we're like, oh, I guess just the watcher was there, but this was dubious territory for somebody to get to. Well, Joe says we had somebody watching. Like, he literally says, like, we had somebody nearby. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of an easy throwaway line. That, yeah. If you think about it, doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. Mm. Truth. Also, like- Duncan's so vigilant that like he didn't notice somebody was following him for all these years, where every other instance on this show, he always notices when somebody's watching him. So the Watcher must have been a super, super tracker. Or I, I actually kind of like the idea that it's a cop, because Duncan wouldn't have thought the cops were following him, really, because they were so far behind. Right. But also, people knew Caleb Cole lived in those woods. So it would make sense for the Watchers to plant somebody, like, as a as a park ranger or sheriff in that in that neighborhood, essentially, yeah. right. to be his Watcher. So that's... Good point, Zach. So, again, this is in response to the question, can immortals get sick? Matthew W. writes, and this is a quote, answer, colon, yes. <laughs> Source, colon. Duncan McCloud himself later in the series is asked by Anne if he can catch a cold. He says, yes, I just can't die from it. Hypothesis, colon. <laughs> you almost never see an immortal sick due to usually always being in the prime of their life. Also, having an immune system that has been exposed to far more diseases over their long life, making it more robust. Interesting robust, point. Uh... I, I don't think I agree with the prime of their life. Because some are not. Because some are not, although, you know, who knows? We don't know when they get sick. Uh, but I do kind of like the uh, hypothesis that their immune systems are just, like, crazy strong because they've been battling stuff for centuries. And never died from it. So yeah. they just have the best antibodies the world has ever known. That's pretty – I like that. That's kind of That's cool. That's pretty good. Yeah. I had the prime of my life. <laughs> And I owe it all to you. This is from Colton R.D. Hello. I would think immortals could get sick like anyone else, but if it was a terminal illness, it would run its course like it would any other person. They would die, but unlike normal people, they would resurrect and be healed. I would also like to think if they took a quickening while sick, it would heal them. So if you feel a tickle in your throat... Take two heads and call me in the morning. Sword emoji, scared face emoji. <laughs> That's pretty good. Love the podcast, Colton R D. Thank you, Colton. Yeah, thank you, Colton. That's fun. I, I like that joke at the end too. Two swords, call me in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> two heads. Very swords, good. Whatever. Maybe use two swords to take two heads. Yeah, double fist it. You know what I'm talking about. So I don't, I don't explain it to me. <laughs> you take two swords in your hands and you do a barrel roll and cut two heads off at once. Although there's no two against one, so that hypothesis doesn't work. Except for when there are. Yeah. <laughs> like when Amanda takes Lucius Lightfoot's head. Lucius That's Malfoy's right. head. <laughs> Lucius Lightfoot. <laughs> so to jump into this week's episode, episode number five, season two, Eye of, I was said Eye of the Beholder. Eye for an eye. Eye of the Tiger. This episode was aired on Monday, October 25th, 1993. It was directed by Dennis Barry. Uh, he's back. He did Eye of the Beholder. I think that's why I said it. Hey, I, he's got an eye theme going. Mm, he does. Uh, and I he, uh, spy with my little eye. Someone who is dead. Uh, Quentin Barnes. <laughs> Two episodes, three eyes. <laughs> so he did Eye of the Beholder and also uh, Nowhere to Run in the first season. And he's got a lot 
coming up. This episode, much better than Nowhere to Run. This episode was written by Elizabeth Baxter and Martine Brousselet. Uh They both did Saving Grace, and uh, they have some more coming up that they wrote together. Guest stars! All right, we got Sheena Easton yeah, yeah, as Annie Devlin. She's more known as a pop singer. Keeping that music theme going. Exactly, yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, she is the uh, only singer to be featured in the James Bond opening credits that she had also sang. Right. I think she, she's the first and maybe the only example of I that. I think the only, yeah. Yeah, um, because the, the guy that designs those, and I forget his name, and that makes me really angry that I'm forgetting his name, but he thought she was like really attractive. He put her in this really weird, uncomfortable harness so her neck would be like completely straight, and it's wow. like it sounds really creepy. And like, huh, that does sound creepy. He wanted he wanted like a certain diameter of his her lips parting on the screen for like the opening credits. It's like a really that's really intense. Intense. She did not sound like she enjoyed the process. And this is for your eyes only, which is not a great James Bond movie. It's a good song. Good song. Though. I yeah. really like that song. So mm. look it up. Interesting. ITunes. Yeah, she was she was a huge pop star. She did uh, Nine to Five. I think a lot of people know that song. And The Wind Beneath My Wings, Your Wings, whatever it is. Yeah, I think that's probably her most famous. Yeah, offering. although she didn't make it the most famous. I feel like, like that's Bette Midler made that more famous, like late yeah. 90s or late 80s, early 90s. But right. she's the one who sang it first. Mm-hmm. Hashtag first. Uh, anyway, the episode description for Eye for an Eye is when Richie interferes with immortal Annie Devlin and her IRA gang, she vows revenge. Meanwhile, Duncan starts teaching Richie. In a flashback, Duncan rescues Annie from a massacre, but refuses to help her crusade. So the plot of this movie is basically completely ripped off from the Harrison Ford movie, Clear and Present Danger. Oh, Oh, snap. wow, yeah. It's exactly the same. Like, IRA group tries to assassinate a British dignitary. One of them gets killed. One of the surviving terrorists vows revenge on Harrison Ford. That is the plot of this episode. When is Clear and Present Danger from? One year from before this episode. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> yep. Oh, good catch, though. Yeah. yeah. Also, one time I was playing charades, and it, was, it had to be all movie titles, and somebody yelled out Ooh. Queer and Present Danish. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So good story, Kyle. Very good. No, that is, that's really good. Uh, so this episode opens up, and uh, we see that the uh, well, it's got new, uh, kind of new opening credits. Not nothing too crazy, but Alexander Vandernoot is gone. Oh, uh, so she's replaced with just some you know action fun shots and stuff. Uh, R.I.P. I am drinking some malt liquor right now. I could pour it out for her all over my <laughs> carpet. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, you don't mind, right? No, no. I pour it on the cat. That'll do it. <laughs> So the establishing shot of this episode is we see that sold sign or the uh, for sale sign on the outside of the gym. Uh, it's now sold. Sold. Uh, and so uh, it's also I noticed the uh, the name of the realty company is Rain Coast Realty. Huh. Just the world they pay like Seacouver Rain Coast. <laughs> it's like is that what that neighbor that like area of the uh, Pacific Northwest is yeah. referred to the Rain Coast? It's no, it's uh, Weather Place America. <laughs> <laughs> Weather Place America, USA. So we're inside the gym, and uh, Charlie, I guess, is confronting Duncan about like buying the place. He's like, "Oh, what's the deal, man?" Like, and Duncan's like, "Well, I still want you to run the place. Like, I just yeah. want to own it. Why'd you buy it? Because it was for sale, right?" 
Although this to me is just a little silly. Like two episodes ago, they had a whole initiation process. Like this was a college fraternity for like, you got to fight me to join. And Duncan just is like, I'll just buy it. Like, like he's Batman. Like he's like, I'll just buy the hotel. It's like, (laughs) I'll just buy this stupid gym. So I don't know. It it kind of made that a little cheap earlier on. No, I disagree. Oh yeah. Because what is, so I actually was thinking a lot about this because it's kind of a deep transition. So Tess has just died. He abandons the antique store, which was their joint venture, which featured her artwork. It was this whole interrelated thing between the two of them. And what does he do to replace this? He moves to the most masculine place on the planet. Like this is him grieving and completely excising the feminine part of his life at that point. He's like, I am now moving in where there's triple X chromosomes (laughs) and like I can just fight and be around sweaty men all day. And that is the manifestation of his grief. Whoa. I like that a lot, Kyle. I I thought this was an interesting response to that trauma. So uh, there's also a great running gag in the background. Somebody's still screaming at Charlie. It's like, the water's not hot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty great. I kind of hope that thread keeps going. I hope that pops up a couple more times. Yeah, I don't remember enough about water jokes in these things. (laughs) I think that's pretty good. So I've got a lot of notes on the plumbing in this. (laughs) So then we cut to, uh, I guess, outside like an office building a car pulls up and there's it's full of an ominous gang of and this, this office building is the british consulate yeah right which has no security in the front of it despite the fact that the ambassador is there yeah like right there yeah and it's like they're just hovering like and there there's like five people in this car right and they're they're staking something out we're not sure quite what's going on yet mm-hmm. so richie was hungry back at the gym because of course he's richie he's always hungry so him and duncan go out for some food uh, mm-hmm. Richie buys a hot dog from she, Rico. From Rico. That's right. Uh, so l- I think we should play this clip of Richie talking about his hot dog and a grieving Mac. <laughs> I, w- I w- always want to hear about Richie's yeah. hot dog. <laughs> Sign me up. Mm, sweet. Yeah, thanks, Rico. Take care. Mm. Mm. Rico's chili dogs. Ain't nothing on earth like them. Good thing you're one of us. You might actually recover from that stuff. Slam on hot dogs. You sure? Yeah. I remember Tessa loved these things. Uh oh. Mac, I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything. Oh, part of our lives, Rich. You never pretend she wasn't. I don't. I I keep waking up every morning. Expecting her to be there. Yeah. Okay, used to it. Won't be the last time it happens to you. What a serious conversation as Richie has chili chili dog dripping out of his lips. <laughs> yeah, like it's still in his mouth. Like yeah. he's got bit of chili dog in his no, mouth. Oh, Mac, I'm sorry. I didn't mean I can buy it. Also, here's a question oh. that was prompted by this Can immortals get fat? Are there any fed immortals? Yes. I, I mean, just thinking about other episodes, there are immortals that we encounter who are fat. But can an immortal, who becomes immortal, theoretically in the prime of his life, not a fat man like Richie Ryan, can he become fat? Because Duncan even says, like, good thing you won't have to recover from that stuff. Is he talking about just, like, getting food poisoning? I think that's what he's talking Or, like, can immortals not, like, reach an unhealthy weight? Yeah, I took it more as to be, like, digestively. Yeah, like <laughs> Richie in his chronic case of diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, that's the newest Encyclopedia Brown mystery? Yeah. Well, Richie Ryan in the case of the... <laughs> 
Perhaps another grosser question is, can immortals get diarrhea? (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely grosser. (laughs) That's a good question. I mean, if if we go by one of our... Your your own question about diarrhea. (laughs) If we go by my own question about diarrhea... um, (laughs) Oh, boy. If you are Duncan McLeod and your shits get kind of loud, diarrhea. Diarrhea. This is good. Yes. (laughs) Anyway. um, God. If we go by one of our reader hypotheses here and that once you become immortal, your body is like preserved or whatever at its peak. Like maybe they couldn't get fat. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder, like, would your body metabolize fat? Like if your immune system is working in kind of overdrive, would your metabolism work in overdrive as well? Does food affect your body in that way? Like if you turn immortal and just decide, I'm just going to only ever eat chili dogs all the time, would you be a sickly immortal who like, you know, couldn't sword fight well and had trouble walking up the steps still? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Because your diet was that bad? Yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah, I know. I mean, it would certainly be impractical, but I don't know if it would be impossible. I I agree. It would suck to be like an immortal who is too chunky to throw down. But Mm. I can tell you I have a horrible diet. If I became an immortal and there were no consequences to the foods I was eating, I would be eating like hamburgers for every meal. Oh, hells yeah. 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 (laughs) More burgers. (laughs) So they get the buzz, and right. this is baby's first buzz. Yeah. Richie's very oh snap, <laughs> and he looks like bewildered and also kind of excited. Yeah, he's like, I can feel it. He's like, it. this yeah. is what it feels like. Um, <laughs> and he's like, an immortal's nearby. <laughs> he's like, I'm growing hair in strange places. <laughs> While this is going on, that crew that was in the car, they roll out with like Uzis, Uzis, and silencers, and yeah. So they are going after this British ambassador. Yeah, uh, but luckily Richie and Duncan are right around the corner, and they decide to intervene in this assassination attempt. How, did, how does Richie intervene, Kyle? So we often talk about the power of jackets. Now we enter the power of chili dogs because <laughs> Richie is this this IRA guy, as we've come to find out, they are that wants to assassinate this ambassador is like doesn't want to shoot Richie. It seems like, and Richie exploits this to throw a chili dog in his face and immediately disarm him like it's magic. And he's like, oh, are you more of a sauerkraut guy or a chili guy? Yeah, it's not like he even sh- surprises this guy. Like, yeah. he has a little conversation with this dude. Like, and then it's like, and now I'll throw the chili dog in and the And now face. catch this chili dog. Yeah. I want to go back a second for something. Um, yeah. When the British guy is coming out of the office, the British, like, ADR dialogue, I don't know what he says, but it's ludicrous. And he has <laughs> really? this, like cartoon like well actually i think but like if you watch the episode listen to the british guy's adr dialogue because it's hilarious also when the british guy comes out they're like oh he's out right on schedule and sheena easton (laughs) uses what i guess is supposed to be an idiom i've never heard of of dead on schedule Uh, like, is that a thing? Is yeah. that a thing I don't know about? Murdered on schedule. <laughs> so all, all the shit breaks loose. Uh, there's yeah. gunfire everywhere. Duncan and Richie are fighting. Although Richie gets taken down pretty quickly yeah. in typical Richie fashion. So he ends up struggling with, I guess, Sheena Easton. And she's shooting her Uzi like for 45 minutes. <laughs> and for, like, for infinite bullets. Yeah. yeah. And completely annihilating this car. Yeah. And she ends up, I guess, inadvertently hitting one of her goons, which we find out is her lover. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. Was he the goon with the biggest face ever? Maybe. Yeah. And when she finds out that she has killed him, <laughs> she lets out the longest 
most ridiculous shriek. Side note on this. Is Sheena Easton actually have an accent? Yes. Well, I mean, she's from across the pond. Yeah, I don't that's know. her voice. Okay. Because I feel like I could just picture... I thought she was, like, European in some way. I didn't know she was, like, specifically... Is she Irish? I don't know Irish? if she's Irish or I think not. she's Irish or Scott. Yeah. I, I could so. just picture just, like, some line producer being like, Irish it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, let's, like, let's really just lay into this shtick. Come on. <laughs> Did so, anybody else find her scream comical? Oh, no, oh, it was yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure I wasn't alone. <laughs> I'm also loving how early 90s all of this, like, Duncan's rock, rocking the Canadian tuxedo. He's got yep. a denim shirt. He looks like... 80s superman i have the same note i was like yeah, he's rocking he this superman look 80s like kind of pseudo mullet superman right after now. he comes back from the dead absolutely yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is it death and that's crazy that we have the same note uh yeah. and richie's because ro- they mentioned superman later in the episode oh yeah uh, duncan says no i think he does it right before the scene actually he says you're not superman richie <laughs> you are superman duncan you yeah. look like superman and richie's rocking the uh tucked in t-shirt and mm-hmm. like a open button-up shirt which is definitely a look i remember cultivating mm-hmm. in my youth so i, I have that cool. look right now <laughs> <laughs> you did <laughs> Hey, Rewatchers. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you join us on Facebook. We can follow the conversation and interact with other Highlander fans. While you're at it, give us that five-star review on iTunes, baby! (laughs) (laughs) So we're back at the gym after all this has gone down. I'm also assuming that the police did not bother to ask duncan and richie any questions because that's the universe we live in well also let's not go past so mac disarms annie and they know each other once they see each other that's true and they have a long stare down and duncan yeah. takes a ring that's on the the sidewalk yeah. right a gold ring with a cross on it just stealing evidence again mac yep yeah yeah, yeah. what the hell and then- <laughs> I, I would hope there was some security footage outside this consulate and they're they would want to talk to Mac and be like, hey, you gazed longingly into the eyes of this assassin and then stole a ring from the scene. Uh, well, How about that? Com- care to comment? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's, Your thoughts? <laughs> she's apprehended and she vows vengeance on Richie. You're a dead man! <laughs> so we're back at the dojo and Richie's going on about, like, that felt awesome. He's like, I looked down the barrel of a gun and he's like, I didn't feel anything. He feels invincible now that he's uh, immortal. But Duncan thinks he's a fool. He's like, that's not how you treat this thing. Because if you got obliterated by that submachine gun, like, what are you going to do? Just step right. up? Like, how are you going to explain that? Exactly. So, Ty goes in, Ty goes out. <laughs> how do you explain that? <laughs> <laughs> so, I was a little, I thought this was a little weird. Like, he's really chastising Richie for being like, you can't do that. Like, you, you can't be, like, the hero all the time or in public. Yeah. This is... I don't remember episode four, Innocent Man, where Duncan on perhaps live television, definitely yeah. on camera, takes a rifle, sticks it in his own chest. He's like, shoot me. Yeah. Shoot me. It's like, yeah. what? What kind of plan is this, Duncan? Like, Duncan is constantly playing superhero in yep. front of a lot of people. So I think this feels just a little funny because it's like, Duncan, come on, really? Like, yeah. you're not the one to tell Richie not to play the hero here. So Richie's like, well, whatever, that guy died. He deserved it. But Max's like, oh, did you look into his soul? Like, yeah. The version of Mac as, like, the reluctant warrior is a good trope for this character. Mm-hmm. Like, a character, like, and I like the contrast that they're able to build, which you don't actually see in this episode, which is a, a little bit of a shame, Mac, I tend to think. The contrast between young Duncan, who loves to fight and is, like, all about being a warrior and supporting causes, versus, like, Duncan today, who's, like, 
it's never worth the death and carnage is a good contrast that this show draws throughout. We never see the old pugnacious version of Duncan in this episode. That's which true. Is, which surprised me. So Richie wants Duncan to teach him. He's like, show me. <laughs> yeah. Which he sort of does. Yeah. So then we get this amazing montage. This is so good. It is. Yeah. Duncan is just kicking the shit out of Richie. Like, yeah. he even just slaps him in the... Like, he just... Yeah, they're he just does talking just slap in the... Him. In the yeah. Slapping him around. He's screaming. He's like, get up! Get up! Put your yeah. shoes on! Like, it's it's crazy and awesome. Uh, Duncan is clearly taking out some grief yeah. on little old Richie. On poor Richie. He mm. must, like, flip him, like, ten times. Those are great. When they eventually just, yeah. like, smash all the flipping of <laughs> yeah. Richie, like... I imagine Richie had a bit of a headache after this one. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, you've suggested before that we put together a montage of Richie being beat up. Uh, which I have been doing very slowly on my computer, and I cannot wait to unleash that on the world. I know. It will Richie be owned it, count. It will be four hours long. <laughs> After Richie leaves the mat, like, Richie's had enough, and he leaves the mat, and Duncan's like, wait a minute, put your slippers on off the mat. But then Duncan He's goes, like a crotchety old man all yeah. of a sudden. Like, hey, get off my lawn. But then what, like... Duncan goes to follow Richie. He, like, puts on his slippers, yes. and the way he does it is really silly. It, is. it really, like, <laughs> like, interrupts the flow of the yeah, scene. He's like, like, oh, I gotta put my shoes he on. He, like, delicately puts his feet in his <laughs> slippers and, like, hops around a few times to make sure they're on. And then <laughs> continues to angrily follow Richie and chastise him. Yeah. <laughs> Though, then the result, after this little silly moment, their discussion in the office, which was our... Opening clip. I think is... Among the best performances they get out of Stan Kirsch and Adrian Paul, I actually think this is great. Like, the level of emotion feels appropriate. It's tense. I feel like the writing is on point. I think this is really key to their chemistry. Totally. It's also one of the very first, like, serious scenes we see out of Richie. Like, Richie's always yeah, kind of he, comic relief, and he's always, I don't know, he's someone to bounce other stuff off of. But this is yeah. the first time Richie is like... Said some, like, said some truth. Like, yeah, and he's driving the action. Here. Yeah. Like, he's not reacting... Strictly speaking to Mac, like, he's driving the emotional point here, mm -hmm. not just being a foil. Yeah. Just good stuff. Yeah. This is this is great. Yeah. So then we get this uh, flashback to Ireland in 1919. Annie and Mac are together, and I guess she's trying to convince him to come and fight with him. And also, there's a bounty of cabbages on the table, which I thought uh, was and, pretty... And carrots. And carrots. And, and carrots, carrots with stem attached. <laughs> so I was a little confused as to why she thinks Mac is going to care? What is Max's connection to the IRA? What is Max's nationality supposed to be? He's Scottish, point? but yeah, when, Scottish, then, but like, well, yeah, I guess he's living in Ireland, though, right? Yeah, at this point, I guess, hmm. unless he's just there for a visit, I don't know. Yeah, good point. But they're not really the same, right? Yeah. It's, it's like I guess they're both like vaguely Celtic, but so yeah. And, like, what's the nature of Mac's relationship with Annie other than that they're both immortals? Is that why they're together? Because they're not, they're not lovers, because she's got another husband at this point, yeah. right? The mortal or the mortal Carrie. Right. <laughs> and he's the one who's really fanatical about this. Right. She's just like, uh, I'm supporting it because it's his thing. This is a weird thing. Duncan says the line, like, the reason he doesn't want to get involved, he's like, this is not our fight, I think he says. I don't think he says even his fight, like... This isn't, we shouldn't get involved. Yeah, this is like, and the, I this that version was... of Duncan is already mature enough that he's, he wants to lay out of most mortal 
affairs. Though we do know he's going to fight in World War II. Exactly. After this. And he fights in, what, the Mexican Revolution, I think? That was way before That's before this. Uh, Yeah, he's in World War II. We know he was in, like, the French Revolution, that era. Like, so there's some shift happens with Duncan that he doesn't think they should get involved that much. Like, I totally, though, give a pass on World War Two. Yeah. But sure. Uh, also, I'm pretty sure we discover at some point that he fought in World War One, which if this is supposed to be 19- Well, I don't think he fought he was a medic in World War One, which I think is kind of oh, telling. Oh, that's ooh, that's great. Yeah. I really like that. I do too. And we know he fought in the Civil War for the the Union. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's correct, right. Because we learned that in Innocent Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's been fighting a lot around this period, but then again, Maybe this is my Yankee bias, but I feel like, again, fighting for the Union in the Civil War might be, at least in terms of, like, historical vindication on the side of the Angels. <laughs> right. Sh- again, maybe I'm showing my Yankee bias, but I don't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just think this is a little strange. Also, she is Irish, so, like, to be yeah. like, this is kind of her, fu- I mean, like, you know, she cares about her people and all mm-hmm. this stuff, so. She wants to drink to the cause. And he wants to drink to happiness. But mm-hmm. then this moment is ruined because shots are fired. Because people are getting murdered. Yes. Yeah. And her husband bites the big one. Mm-hmm. They don't really tell you who is attacking them. No, it just happens. It's yeah. like a thing. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it feels a little strange and like unprovoked. Yeah. Right. But he's, I guess, wearing this gold ring. And she mm-hmm. takes it off his finger. And they escape uh, the next day to Max's neatly concealed rowboat. Yep. Yeah. What? <laughs> That's in like this frothy, like... <laughs> Well, there's a, a frothy lock. Yeah, <laughs> there's a good bit where they they show like I guess they're trying to show that it's tied up. It's not tied yeah. to anything, but they even show someone grab the rope and just throw it into the water. And it's yeah. like that wasn't attached to anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they shouldn't have shown a rope at all because nope. it just calls attention to it. Nope. Uh, so Duncan is leaving the country, but Annie's staying behind to fight the fight. It'll be a beautiful war, right? <laughs> <laughs> But then he just starts rowing away. And I'm like, where are you rowing to? Yeah, that's a f- long way to row. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he's just rowing away. He's not, like, necessarily leaving the country. Yeah, he's, he's not just... crossing the... <laughs> he's not crossing, like... Well, I guess well, that would not be the English Channel, but he's not, like, rowing back to England. That would be very far. So, Richie's back. We're back in the present. He's done with Duncan. He's like, I'm going back back home or any place. So we find out Richie's got his own pad, which is, I guess, cool. Yeah. We never yeah, he does not live in this loft. He does not live which, with Duncan anymore. By the way, we are got to learn that Duncan above this gym has the sweetest loft it's ever. The best. This is so goddamn cool. Between like his little cage elevator that he can <laughs> ride up to his own sweet bachelor pad, which has a magic fire escape to get out. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it has like a spiral staircase going to, like, to the roof. Yeah. To heaven. Like <laughs> people come and go by this rooftop entrance and I'm like, what are they do? like we've seen the exterior of this building. <laughs> like cops enter in oh, it's crazy. here, like in later episodes. I'm guessing it takes you to the roof and there's like a fire escape to get down. Uh so I wish I had that place. Duncan, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Duncan warns Richie about Annie and mm-hmm. he's like, ah, whatever, she's in custody. And it's like, you better watch out, Richie. So we're back at the, uh, or not we're back, we're, we're at this federal building, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and Annie is being questioned about what, her assassination attempt. They want to try to catch her pals right. who got yeah. away. She decides to kick the guy in the crotch. Yeah. But I, I wanted to talk about this guy for a second. Like, where is this guy supposed to be from? Uh-huh. He has this, like, uh, savage-looking face. He looks like a Dick Tracy villain. <laughs> like, I thought he was really... But he, like, he keeps on saying, like... 
my people, yeah. our people. But he doesn't have an Irish I, accent. I assumed he was supposed to be like the English security guys, mm. right? Because I thought he had some sort of accent, but I was having trouble placing it. Yeah, I just yeah. thought it was weird. Like, who is he supposed to be with? Is he supposed to be Irish? Is he supposed to be British? I, well, I think I don't he's know. supposed to be like an Irish, by the term loyalist, like uh, an Irish person who is not support supporting irish independence and what's her main part of britain annie kicks this guy in the nuts and then she leaps out of the window crashing through <laughs> the thinnest glass possible yeah. i suppose though <laughs> this guy one of the guys yells why <laughs> a second before that they were talking about how they were gonna lock her up in jail for like 80, 80 years, years yeah. and you'll be like wrinkled and used up by the time you get out <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's a it's a quote I'm pretty yep. sure that's a direct quote. Yep. And then this guy, she jumps out the window. The guy's like, why? <laughs> I have a theory. <laughs> it's not like I threatened her with anything. Yeah. <laughs> so this is amazing. So there's a, a dummy that falls from the upteenth floor of this building. Tenth floor. Tenth floor? It looks like a lot of floors. I know, but I'm pretty sure later they say ten stories. They might. I don't think it. I think it's more intense. So she <laughs> she goes falling. They don't just show her fall. They show her hit the ground. Uh, and they, the dummy there's bounces. A big, <laughs> yeah, there's a big like cloud of dust. <laughs> it's amazing. Although I, I was texting you guys earlier this week when uh, I watched it because I watched the scene and I was like, "That's ridiculous. Bodies don't bounce." Like I know that as a person that understands physics and how we're just flabby bunches of skin and i'm like no way that's what a body looks like then i decided to google it what can't unsee that what does a body look like when it jumps out of a off a building big mistake everybody so i think they don't bounce oh no they kind of turn inside out and it's disgusting and they turn inside out some parts of you do (laughs) oh god all right so (laughs) it was that it was awful i was like why did i google this i knew what i was gonna find but no bounce Oh, no. Yeah, you don't bounce. Yeah. You just splat. You just splat big time. Mm. Street pizza. Pizza time. <laughs> pizza, pizza. And we're back on Ninja Turtles. Charlie's back with Mac. He knows something's going on, but Mac's being all, you know, mopey. I don't know why. He's all moping around. <laughs> um, looking at pictures of Tess and stuff. Uh, so something's going on with Mac. Uh, but then we're at the morgue. And uh, some guy is taking a really long time getting out his calipers. <laughs> <laughs> to examine Annie's bounced corpse. <laughs> yeah, I guess if this was real life, he would have a series of trash bags filled with goo. Yeah. <laughs> with mm. Annie goo. Oh, God. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so he unzips the body bag, and Annie pops out, and she, like, punches him? or Yeah, she punches him, and I yeah. guess steals his lab coat yeah. and escapes. Mm-hmm. Back at the gym... Richie comes and apologizes to Mac. They actually both apologize to each yeah. other. It's, it's very sweet. They're like, oh, I was wrong. No, you were. I was okay. Yeah. So, also, Mac, you were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Richie, you're being a great sport about this, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> Duncan lets him know that Annie, I guess, has escaped. He's heard this on the news or whatever. Oh, Charlie tells him. That's it. Because Charlie's like, you got to back off, Richie, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Charlie. Yeah. I I'm not convinced by all the choices he makes, like, as an actor, when, <laughs> when he's delivering these lines. Yeah. But I don't care. Yeah. I still just really yeah. like him. He's great. <laughs> but he's the one that tells Mac, oh, you don't got to worry about Annie because uh, she's dead. Yep. And then Mac is, like, very pensively, like, no. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so shit. Mac warns Richie that Annie's, I guess, back. What, is there a goon at the gym? Yeah. That's one, true, One of right? our goons is boxing at the gym. 
Okay. Yeah. And he overhears them talking about her being dead. So has this guy always been a member of the gym, or did he stake this place out to find her killer? I think it's that. How did he join so fast? Who invited this guy? Did Did he he pass the initiation? Maybe there's no initiation anymore. Oh, the new rule of Mac. Rule of Mac. Mac. (laughs) No initiations. Gym Free gym for everyone. <laughs> this is why we have rules, Mac. <laughs> Follow Charlie's rules. Yeah, Bull this Mac. is his rules that shut the gym down. <laughs> yeah, because they turned away all these people that wanted to give them their money, <laughs> like terrorists. Yeah. So Annie meets up with. Well, her. I don't. I don't think that's part of the form. <laughs> if it is, I imagine you lie. <laughs> yes or no? Are you a terrorist? Funny, no one's ever answered yes. <laughs> yes. Oh man, and they scribble it out. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get another one? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Mac is going to start training Richie on swordsmanship. And we get a lot of our opening credit scenes out of this. And boy, is this a good montage. It is. I liked it. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's quite good. I feel like the music doesn't quite fit. No. Yeah. There's like this guitar music. And I'd say as a whole, the guitar music is so much higher in quality than like the kind of MIDI music yeah. that permeates the rest of the mm. episode. But this was really begging for some kind of queen. Either Queen or something orchestral. Yeah. Like, this was... The music just, like, didn't fit. It's like this twanging kind yeah. of guitar. Maybe if they could have brought that Michael Kamen score into this. This would have been, been perfect. Cool. Yeah, that would have been nice. This is, like, pro- probably a better montage than the Connery... I, I'm going that Whoa. far. I'm going that far. No way. Bro. I don't yeah. think so. Oh. I'm... This is a better montage than... I think so. Highlander, the motion picture montage i do not agree. that's uh, i don't even want to say that's the stupidest thing you've ever seen in your life <laughs> nope i'm reasonably confident in that because like you actually see enough of him like legitimately teaching something that looks like swordsmanship it does look real i i will buy, I, I mean it feels this feels like a little more technical this, yeah than this like feels the, like uh, cherry bomb training. uh training montage with uh felice martin yeah and like the like the kind of maneuvers they have them doing, the fact that they're doing it uh, in sync, it gets better. I think this is very strong. It's like, As, I feel like it depends on what you're going for. Like nobody really cares like that he knows the moves and that like, I mean, it's good. It does sound like Mac. Like I like this. Maybe the montages are trying to accomplish different things. Right. I think in Highlander, the montages were more like Connery kind of like showing McLeod what it's like to like, be a man and be an immortal and like well, yeah, it takes you mo- through some time. Like you see a young Connor mature a little bit through those. Montages. Yeah, well, I feel or, like the thing that you really get out of this montage is the friendship between him and Connery. Right. That's what you buy into it. This was a more of a montage of like I believe that you're teaching a guy who we tease a lot about being like a wuss and right. like turning him into a swordsman. I had to do a, so. I mean, to that end, in terms of technique or sword fighting, yeah, sure, yeah. But it's still like a fairly static sort of montage. I mean, it's like one location. It's not like a. The, the I movie mean, I agree one is the movie sweet. doesn't have a budget. Well, so it's, it doesn't have a. Fans write in <laughs> and tell, me, tell us. No, tell tell the, me why. The question, I'm so the question wrong. of the week is on a scale of one to ten. How wrong is Kyle? <laughs> Follow question. Well, also, I feel like this would you is, put Kyle just write just write fuck you, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's would you put Kyle out if he was on fire? <laughs> no, I feel like this one is even less of a montage. Like, it's not really a montage. They're in one spot. Yeah, it's just like a training sequence. Like, they're not 
mixing up where they are. It's like they're showing you a lesson. Mm-hmm. They might I guess. Cut time maybe the, out of maybe the, the training sequence is better than the training sequence. Yeah, it's more know. like legitimate training. Like I feel like I, there's some sure. real, you know, there's I, more substance to this. We're brothers. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like. It sounds like Mac knows what he's talking about, and it's like interesting to see him teach. And I guess this is where Adrian Paul learned his swordsmanship teaching stuff that he does now. Yeah. Like, Adrian Paul experience, the sword yeah, experience. You can you can like sign up for a lesson from him at cons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the swordexperience.com free ad. I think it's I don't know. I think I that's have no website. Idea. Yeah. Uh, but the one of the important things in this uh training sequence. I'm sorry, Kyle, I didn't mean to drag on you. So no, much. it's totally fine. <laughs> I'm 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 not cowed. <laughs> uh, but Duncan teaches Richie a special move. Yeah. Secret. I love this. This is awesome. This yeah. is like the weird like kung fu anime mm-hmm. nerd like dwelling deep in my heart like mm-hmm. totally being vindicated in a western format. Yeah. I love special moves and things. <laughs> yeah. In like any deployment and the mm-hmm. fact that it's like oh like you need to learn the secrets of her like special style mm-hmm. like this is totally my jam yeah also we do actually get some queen music here i forgot about that they play like the bridge which to the the, the princess of the universe which oh, almost yeah, never yeah, gets yeah. played right uh so that's kind of fun although i still don't know if it really fits that well but it it really doesn't but the first time they play it they do the twangy guitar thing right. and then there's some dialogue and then richie they go back into the montage yeah part of it part. and then the yeah and that's where Richie disarms Mac a few times. Yeah. Well, that's part of the special... That's part of countering the move, Yeah, is she's, the disarming. She's got, like, a special finishing move mm-hmm. sort of thing that's unblockable. Unless you know the secret technique Which of just taking back. a step back. <laughs> yeah. I don't even care that it's that benign. I don't even care. Right. This is so my gym jam. <laughs> it's like Krillin's Destructo Disc, which is almost indestructible. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, you see, in the show Dragon Ball Z, the best character is named Krillin. Okay. And he's got his Destructo Disc, and it's the best. Yeah. Okay. If it actually hits a bad guy, no matter what their power level is. Even if it's over 9,000? Even if it's over 9,000, it will probably kill them. <laughs> but they get, you get to a point in the show and no one lets them hit him anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, He's still the best. He is. So after this... uh, Krillin is the Richie of Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) So after this uh, training sequence, uh, Annie uh, meets up with her crew at a bar. They're drinking Mm -hmm. to her death, and she surprises them. She's like, I'm back, suckers. I didn't know you cared. (laughs) Uh, So she, I guess, is going to hatch a plot. She's like, we're going to get Richie. Yeah. uh, That's priority number one but that's like priority number one is getting revenge on richie over yep. killing the the consulate dude yeah it's <laughs> that seems backwards it makes her yeah. it makes her sound a little shallow to like as a sympathetic i would hope i mean again i like when the show gets into that like weird gray territory it's mm-hmm. like this is a person that is fighting for a cause do we sympathize with this cause maybe yes maybe no but she like undercuts that sort of kind of like I have a, I, I have purpose and I have a, a mission and like it might be a noble one with just being like I want to kill this guy for she, protecting someone on the street like yeah maybe but it also resulted in her husband's death right so True. that adds an extra wrinkle to this thing like I can't imagine most people take a, that measured an approach to contemplating the That's moral true. implications of their favorite person's demise. <laughs> Very true. That's also true. I like this song. <laughs> so Richie is going to go pick up a bike from his his buddy Ron. His buddy Ron. Yeah. Thanks for the deal, Ron. <laughs> uh, so he picks up this bike, and I guess the Irish guys have been 
following him the whole time. Mm-hmm. So he drives away on his dirt bike, and they chase him. Yeah, uh, and this is kind of a fun. They're chase. trying to run him down with a Buick. With yeah, a Buick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Richie like drives into this weird warehouse or something. He he not only he drives upstairs. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. This is like the can you ride? Yeah, right. The episode with uh, Gregor Clegane. Yeah, um, <laughs> Launchpad McBlain. Like, yeah, Launchpad McBlain. Where it's like, cool can you ride? And he like goes around yeah. a little circle. It's like, what do you think? <laughs> this is like, can you ride? Yeah, he can ride. Yeah. Well, it's like when these motorcycle stunts, they always have one stunt that's awesome and then one stunt that kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but him riding up the steps is really cool. Yeah. So Richie, I guess, does a pretty nice little stunt once he gets up here. So he gets the buzz, which yeah. Uh, <laughs> And the camera just like pulls back, and Annie is literally behind, like yeah. right there. And so I know in this show we like rag, not I don't want to say rag on the buzz, but like we're always kind of like over questioning this buzz yeah. thing. It's like, oh, like how close do you need to be? It's like, who cares? It doesn't matter. In this instance, I think even a casual viewer would be like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Like this person is r- literally next to him. Yeah. Like she could be breathing on his neck, and he just gets the buzz. Like that's a little crazy to and me. And like, where was she? Right. Like, she, she wasn't like, in the, the... This room is so empty. Yeah. Like, she wasn't in the... the uh, Like, what was the... Pla- like, the, the, the Buick guys, the Buick crew, w- did they intentionally chase him up the stairs into this warehouse where I she guess. was waiting for him? Yeah, that makes no sense. But, like, yeah. how would they know he would be able to ride his motorcycle up the steps? The answer is, we're not supposed to be asking these questions. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so she bops him on the head with a 4 by 4 Which is so funny, because he's also wearing a helmet, yeah. and it's like, but it's, and then he goes, like, he goes and drives away and goes like, and it falls <laughs> over. It's so oh, good. Boy. Also, his helmet has the word answer on it. <laughs> it does? Yeah. <laughs> like Ellen Iverson of the Philadelphia 76ers. Nickname was The Answer. Sports. Practice. Sports. <laughs> We're not, ta- not talking about a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. <laughs> People not from Philadelphia, look it up. Yeah. It's the best. Uh, also, everyone here loves Allen Iverson, so yeah. suck it. Dikembe Mutombo, the only other 76er whose name I know. What about uh, Dr. J? <laughs> Basketball. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they get in a, kind of an argument uh, where she's like, well, let's not gloss over her like kicking Richie while over he's on the ground and over, over and over again. again. Yeah. It's awesome, and he's just like <laughs> she kicks him in the face while he's yeah. wearing the helmet. It's awesome. <laughs> she also pulls out a sword from nowhere. Like this, yeah. this reminded me of uh, was it the Lady and the Tiger, where swords pop out yeah. from all yeah. the characters like yep. from nowhere, like behind well, their back. It's even funny because she's like, "Yeah, well, where's your sword?" And she's just like, "Here it is, <laughs> right there." Magic I thought that sword. was really funny. Yeah. Unless it's like on her back, right? Richie escapes. Because, I guess, error on Sheena Easton's part. She goes to go grab her sword. Which she's, like, left kind of behind. Like, she throws it into the ground just yeah. so she can kick Richie around a bunch. Like, yeah. Which she could have done that with it in her hand. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so she walks away to grab it, and then Richie just hobbles away, gets on his bike, and rides it out the window. Yeah, And that the shot highway. on the outside is great. It's that's awesome. a, that's the opening credit shot. That's yet another opening credits shot. And it looks great. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. it's yeah. awesome. So he almost causes a massive car accident <laughs> when he lands and then scoots away. 
hands. But he appears to have like broken his hand somehow. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, he shows back up at the the dojo and he's like really he's he looks way worse off than when we saw him a second ago. Uh he's like all bloodied up and yeah, he's holding his hand. And it's like I don't know when he would have gotten that hand injury. It, yeah. doesn't, it didn't look like it was part of any of yeah. this. But I guess it's but, okay. It's part of the like Richie got beat up vibe. Yeah. <laughs> but like he hobbles into the gym where Mac and Charlie are, and Mac's like, no hospitals. And Charlie's like, what? You're not gonna take him to the hospital? What's going on? <laughs> and he's like, Oh, we're Christian scientists. <laughs> yeah. That's the group that's like no blood transfusions, right? Yeah, yeah. I think oh, okay. so. Richie uh wonders how they're gonna find her now. And he remembers that at the uh the time of the uh the assassination, he remembers one of one of them saying Chuck's or she says Chuck Solace. Yeah. Uh, and Richie has an amazing line. He's like, that sounds like a baseball player, which I thought was hysterical. Yeah. That's that really does great. sound like a baseball player. <laughs> um, but Mac- next for the Philadelphia Phillies, Chuck Solis. <laughs> so I guess Mac, of course, knows what this means. It's Gaelic. It means lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And this scene reminded me of the previous episode in that one character remembers something and Mac is pushing them and pushing them and pushing them to try to remember and then Richie remembers the yeah. detail. Are you talking about Tracy Lord and her psychico vision? That's right, Greta. Greta. Hey, Eamon. I've got a time machine, and I would love to go back in time and get some things on the Highlander catalog. Can you help me? Sure. Uh, well, if you're interested in listening to some music, you should pick up the Highlander, the original theatrical film scores CD. Possess a trilogy of music soundtracks that, in the Highlander tradition, travel through time and place, surrounded in mystery, mysticism, and passion. Join a gathering of eminent cutting-edge composers <laughs> with eclectic pedigrees. Michael Kamen, Lethal Weapon, Brazil. Stuart Copeland, Of the Police. And J. Peter Robinson, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Create a unique and masterful musical blend for $14.95. This CD is less expensive than the boxer shorts. <laughs> and, and half the price of the screensaver. Yeah. What? What is happening? Uh, we want to talk about a Mac attack. This is a whack attack. <laughs> oh, the deals are overpowering me. <laughs> <laughs> We're at the lighthouse, and Annie and her crew roll up. Sorry, uh, all I could think of was Darkness 14, Chuck Solace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I think we need box art for all this stuff. Um, so she rolls up, but gets the buzz. Uh, so she orders her henchmen away, and Duncan is waiting for her, like, on the dock. Uh, she wants to fight, but I guess Annie falls into some crazy Irish stereotype because Duncan pulls out a butt. She's like, I'm going to fight you right now. And he's like, how about a drink? And she's like, okay. Like, yeah. And then they just get drunk together. It's, it's like a like hundred-year-old whiskey or something. Yeah. yeah. Which Mac is, again, looking like Return of Superman, Superman. Oh, yeah. And he's wearing, like, this crazy jacket and the pointiest shoes ever. <laughs> and then he, they just get hammered together. Meanwhile, Charlie and Richie are boxing at the gym. Richie asks Charlie, like, how'd you get into, like, this business? Like, how'd yeah. you learn how to fight? And so we get some backstory of Charlie, which okay, this whole scene is cut in the U.S. version. So huh. American viewers did not really get a backstory for Charlie until I think there's a Charlie-centric episode down the road in season two but yeah we don't really get to learn anything about him which is kind of a bummer yeah uh but he says he's half black and half italian mm-hmm. 
And he's like, the black kids didn't want to hang out with me because I was half Italian. And he's like, the same thing with the Italian kids. So he's like, both groups were kind of beating me up back in the neighborhood. And so he's like, so I taught myself how to fight. And I joined which the we Navy find Seals. out later that neighborhood was the zone, the zone. which are we talking about in the episode of the same name. Yeah. <laughs> the zone zone act two. Then we cut back to Manny and Ack. back to Manny and Ack. And, uh, uh, Annie finds out that Mac has also lost someone dear to him recently. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back again to Richie and Charlie who are now sparring in the full kendo gear. <laughs> Which Charlie has many skills, it seems. Yeah. He's yeah. A, a man of many fighting styles. When I saw this, I started laughing like, <laughs> was uncontrollably. Like, huh? And then I was like, I wish it kept escalating. Like, they cut to Mac, and then they cut back. <laughs> and they're, like, in, like, those goofy sumo outfits, like, on The Office. And then they cut back, and then they go, and they're, like, bungee jumping or something. Like, We're doing Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah. Uh. I like that Charlie is also kicking the crap out of Richie using the same move. Like, oh, like he keeps bopping Richie like square in the head, yeah, over and over and over again. Eventually, knocking Richie down, which was amazing. Yep. But there was another like funny, weird thing here. There's like this weird force parallel. Like Richie and Charlie talk about like being from the same hood. Like, it's like I, I know what I know what it's like, man. Like growing up in that sort of neighborhood. And Charlie's, like, getting really pissed. At, like, I guess Richie's like, well, I know what it's like to be different mm-hmm. because now Richie's different. But, like, no, Richie, like, you're a white kid. Like, also, you weren't different until one episode ago. Right. And even if you were, that's not, like, outward appearance different. Like, right. Like, it's a little different. Like, Duncan got banished from his, like, village because mm-hmm. people saw him, like, resurrected and were like, right. you're a demon, you're banished. Like, Yeah, that would have been a more interesting parallel. Not Richie, who's paid... At this point, no price for his uniqueness. Exactly, yeah. So it's well, like, I think what Richie was trying to say is, you know, he's kind of like a rough street urchin type kid who you're supposed to believe, like, had kind of a tough life before he met Mac. Yeah. So I think that's where he's coming from, but Charlie's kind of like, nah. Because I think at one point Richie's like, well, I'm unique too. Like, I know yeah. what it's like to be unique. And, and it's he's like, like, you don't know what it's like. Charlie says this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if Richie maybe didn't use the word unique and use different, like Richie was an orphan. It's like, well, mm-hmm. that that's a little better. Like maybe he didn't fit in with this, you know, regular neighborhood because sure, you know, I don't know. Got no, so, got no people looking after you. Exactly. Weird stuff, guys. But Duncan and Annie are kind of fighting about the cause still. She's like, I feel dead inside. Like even though I've been alive forever, then, uh oh, they start smooching and then it gets. Hot and heavy. They yeah, start smooching. very fast. Yeah. yeah. They get right down to business. First off, I just want to point out, before all this happened, they roll up and Annie's like, hey, goons, like, take a hike. She's like, drive around for a little while. I got to take care of something. Yeah. I love to imagine that these guys are just driving around the block for hours <laughs> and hours while they get completely drunk. They have sex yeah. on a dock. The next day happens. And these two guys are just driving around a couple <laughs> blocks Still away. driving around. <laughs> Uh, so what do you think about this turn? I, th- I think we saw it coming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wrong choice of words. <laughs> We're 13. <laughs> Please do tell. <laughs> no, I feel like they, they set up the tension between them early. And I think you kind of see this. But it just means that Max plan was like, hang on. I got to go find this woman and we have to have sex before she finds you and kills you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's exactly what I mean. I think he. I know a lot of fans like hated this 
like yeah this turn like that it's like you just lost tess and now you're with another person like right but i i don't know this this to me actually seems pretty human for both yeah. of them are like grieving and they turn to this kind of physical thing to mm-hmm. kind of plug up the the grief but well, also i read sorry <laughs> pl- <laughs> <laughs> i read something that was attributed to abramowitz i don't know if he actually said this or not that he heard from somewhere that death is an aphrodisiac for some people Oh, if they lose somebody important, they like turn to that, I guess, for comfort or something. That's I don't interesting. Know. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a alive. form of comfort. I don't I know. Guess, so. Yeah, so interesting point. But it doesn't end well because the next day, Annie's like, "This doesn't change a thing." She's like, "That was a mistake, and I'm still gonna get your boy Richie." Maybe that mistake should have happened years ago. <laughs> Says <laughs> Mac. <laughs> and then Mac's like, "All right, fine. Well, if you're gonna kill Richie, you're gonna have to go through me." Right. So. Duncan goes home. Richie's all like, he's like, oh, you were out all night. Like, you must have, like, you must have fought. Like, I guess yeah. it's over. And Duncan's like, well, it's kind of complicated. He's like, oh, when no. when a man likes a woman and the woman he loved is dead. Like, <laughs> but this woman is there. <laughs> Some whiskey, yada, yada, yada. You still got to watch your head. <laughs> but Richie's like really dead. Like, he's like, I'm going to take care of this. And if I was Richie, I'd be scared out of my mind. Like, getting thrown into this thing. Yeah, that's why you're not staying Kirsch. I guess not. <laughs> that's <laughs> the only reason. Mac wants Richie to run away until this blows over. And Richie's like, no, I want to fight. This is what I've been training for. Like, now's my time to shine. But eventually, Richie concedes yeah. that he'll go into hiding. So he's, he's like, like pack up. Or yeah. does he? So Good Mac gun. comes downstairs, and he sees that a sword is missing from the office wall. Which also, his swords are on the office wall, <laughs> I thought. Well, I think these are just swords, not Duncan's swords. That might be true. I think, these are, you know. I think they're Charlie's swords. Charlie's swords. Is, is it Charlie's, just Charlie's he... office, or is it Duncan's office? I'm guessing it's Charlie's office, still, because yeah. yeah. he still runs the place. It's yeah. still called the Salvo's gym right yeah so duncan's like oh no <laughs> so he goes running after richie uh and richie's at the lighthouse mm-hmm. ready to face Anne. right so they start going at it and uh there's a weird bit of dialogue and annie's like oh like somebody's been teaching you and yeah. it's like wait how do you know like just well so let's pause and i mean i guess on this for right. a moment because how does Duncan know her super secret move? I'm all about the fact Ooh. that he does, but yeah. how the hell does he know? Did they fight before? They must have fought before. And she even mentions in their their interaction on the dock, like, when we met and were close, like, I could never have beaten you, but I could totally beat you now, mm. is what she posits to him. So she's been using this move for a long time, but when did Duncan ever have occasion to see it? And if he never saw it, presumably he couldn't have escaped maybe. because he wouldn't have known the move to step back. Maybe. <laughs> or is that his? Maybe that's his go-to move. Like if someone swings a sword at me, I should step back, and that's his default move. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like it. <laughs> maybe Duncan trained Annie, and that's how she recognizes his fighting style in Richie. Oh, They're like or maybe they practice together. Yeah, a that, lot. That does like, make sense. I like that. It because- must be something like that because also her special move is designed to be a killing stroke. It's not like it's one you walk away from. Right. Like, if right. she ever did it successfully, it's like a decapitation technique. Did she, Has Duncan seen her decapitate someone? Or when they were practicing, did she go like, eh, major flinch? Right. You know? It's it's interesting. I was wondering about this. Yeah. I was also wondering, like, I mean, I guess she could definitely... I like your theory 
aiming that like he's got the same fighting style maybe as Duncan. That's why she would assume Duncan trained him, but mm-hmm. it would not. That have, makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, yeah but I, it wouldn't have made sense that she would say that now because like she doesn't know Richie. Like she doesn't know Richie is a weak old immortal. Like right. that yeah. did not know how to sword fight before they met. Right. Unless she just assumed he was a buffoon because of his like when they got because of the chili dog because of the chili dog poof. <laughs> the, yeah, the somebody's been teaching you line doesn't make sense. It, it should not be there. It, yeah. it doesn't bother me even a little bit. All right, because as soon if we're accepting the premise that she recognizes Duncan's fighting style in him, it doesn't matter whether whether he taught him fifty years ago or yesterday. Someone's yeah. someone's been training him, and like they both know what that means. Sure. Yeah. Something with the buzz that I've been thinking about is like I wish there was like more nuance to it, where like you could glean information from depending on the immortal whose buzz you're experiencing. Like I kind of like the idea that maybe more experienced immortals can like get information about whoever they're feeling through the buzz. Like mm. I, I think that's to me anyway could be a cool idea. Like. Oh shoot! Like this person's buzz is like new or inexperienced, or like, oh shit, what's this? Like this is somebody that's been around for a while. A true disturbance in the force. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that certainly would be interesting. That but, you could you could do more with. They, they certainly yeah. could do more with it other than just using it as like a spidey sense. Sure. Did anyone think that Richie's fighting style is a little odd? Well, it's not really what they showed in the montage because he's holding his sword with one hand the whole time. So I, this is my theory on this. So, yeah, Richie is fighting with a katana, which is a two-handed weapon, and he oftentimes has his hand, like, on his hip. And he's, yeah, fight, like, he's almost fencing with it. And I'm wondering if Richie Stankirsch had been doing some sword training on his own for the show because he's going to need to obviously use that sort of thing. Eventually, we'll see at the end of this episode that Richie gets his own sword. It's like a rapier. Yes, which this style is appropriate for. So I'm mm-hmm. curious if they kind of, like, his sword training up until this point was to be used for, you know, like, they were doing it all in the style of this weapon that he was going to have. So then when it yeah. came time to choreograph it, it's like, this is kind of the easiest way. Like, we've been teaching you this way. This is why you're going to end up fighting this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I almost wish they had hung a lantern on it a little bit, because... Of course, Duncan eventually gives him a sword toward the end of this episode, and it's not the same kind of weapon that he'd been teaching him in the entire time. And you would use it completely differently. Yeah, like utterly differently. They're just such different weapons. So I almost wish they had like addressed it a little bit. It's like I actually got the chance to watch you fight like under stress. And this is the weapon for you. Like, you, you're you not me. You can't fight the way I do. Here's mm. something for you. I don't know. But I think that's ultimately the point, I yeah. guess. Just made me think about something about new immortals. Like, immortals in whenever after the time guns became prominent are at a serious disadvantage when it comes to immortals who have been fighting with swords for possibly hundreds of years. Like, it's also, at bare minimum, they weren't sword training when they were 12, which yeah, someone right. like Mac would have been. And also, it's it's hard to find a sword now, especially a real one. A like real you could one? get like a yeah. stainless steel one, but if so you let, like, let's say you die and you realize you're an immortal, and maybe you don't have somebody to teach you. Mm-hmm. Where do you get a sword? Do you just get an immortal finds you and is like, oh, this guy sucks. I'm just going to chop his head off right now. Yeah. Like sucks being an immortal after a certain period in time. <laughs> That's what they say. She knocks him off of like a cliff precipice and like he gets right back up somehow yeah and then she jumps down again it looks very far like the whole time i was just picturing her going ow my ankle (laughs) (laughs) so eventually she uses the move and he is able to defeat it thanks to 
Duncan's lesson. Also, Adrian Paul has shown up. Oh, yeah. And is yeah. watching this entire thing. Yep. And he's being very stoic about it. Like, yeah. he's very much so respecting, like, the rules of the game here. He's just mm-hmm. like, he doesn't even, like, verbally try to interfere no. no. I would also think maybe he's a little upset because I think, maybe reading into this too much, if she kills Richie, which is likely, yeah, <laughs> that he's like, I, I gotta go kill her now. Like, that's just the way this is has to play out. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's it's a little, like, sad for him because he, at some point, is gonna see one of one of two people he cares about die. Yeah. At one of two people that he's had sex with in 20, <laughs> the last 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Richie <laughs> wins, and he does this Darius-esque scream. He just goes, Rah! It's almost like he had a quickening without it. <laughs> Maybe he just saw Mac do it so many times, he was like, I'm going to let her live, but I'm still going to get my quickening. <laughs> <laughs> like, she still wants... Richie storms off. Yeah. Uh, he's upset, and she still wants to, I guess, fight him. But Mac's like, look, he... It's like, it's not an eye for an eye, as the episode would dictate. Like, he gave you your life back, so mm-hmm. now, like, I guess the blood debt has been paid. So in mm-hmm. that case, it still is actually an eye for an eye, isn't it? They're still, yeah. tra- they're still trading things. Yeah. My notes at this point just say, stop yelling, Stan. <laughs> Ellipsis. I want this loft. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the denouement of this episode, Richie is Richie and Mac are back at the loft, and Richie's like, I don't know if I should have killed her or not. He's like, I thought I could, I couldn't. Like, obviously, Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Yeah. So I think the the I guess the reality of it, like this is juxtaposed with the uh, with Richie staring down the barrel of a gun and thinking it was exciting earlier. It's like, well, this also comes with uh, some weighty emotional stuff. Yeah, like it's e- like you feel you feel stronger because you're not afraid to die, but that's not the same as not being afraid to kill. Hard to kill. uh so then duncan opens up a chest and gives richie his new sword and kyle like he said i wish there was a meaning behind the sword or richie got to pick his sword or like it would have been like this set in the antique store would have been nice because perhaps duncan has a collection of extremely expensive swords uh and he's like richie like take your pick like which one do you want to give a little meaning to this weapon i think would be kind of nice yeah especially because we saw this entire montage where it seems like duncan's trying to teach him to fight like him yeah instead of some and also, we, we've seen in previous episodes like sometimes we'll like th- this sort of sword like it's not like a cavalry sword but it's like a, a it's got a, a big like solid brass hilt or gold hilt on it like uh and you would use it kind of like fencing style sort of thing uh, like we've seen other characters where this sort of sword makes sense like we saw in um uh, what was it oh well we disagreed in um innocent man like the uh, sheriff bad guy had like a weird broad like claymore thing yeah and we're like oh shouldn't he have like a a southern cavalry sword or something yeah. like something that seemed to match his character and we've like uh what's his name you took her jibs uh caleb cole caleb cole like he had this like battle axe thing like certain characters end up having swords that seem to define their character a little bit or or, or a reflection of their character and i feel like this sword is like scrappy kid from the streets who's what 19 maybe at this point he could even be 18 like no he like, can drink can he oh can he i thought so oh Richie? that would suck to be immortal at 19 oh, hey you boy. got any id kid well he's in bars all the time that's where i'm basing that <laughs> from uh but yeah it just doesn't seem like this is necessarily the sword richie would pick without maybe some sort of story to justify like if duncan was like this sword used to belong to blah 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 and richie's like oh like me like he he grew up like this and you know what i mean like if he could identify with it at all so maybe i don't know something about like the notion of him fighting with like a finesse 
kind of quickness related weapon kind of speaks to me. Like when I think of like the katana, I think about like discipline and honor mm-hmm. and like a lot of things I associate with Mac. But like with Richie, it's like this kind of fleet footed finesse kind of weapon. And I think that makes sense in a vacuum. Mm. But, you know. I would have very much enjoyed a more overt discussion about that. So, guys, do we want to hear a little bit from the uh, the men themselves uh, working on this episode? The men at work. The men at work. I don't know why I said it like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, let's hear from the. Uh, let's see what the gentlemen have to say about this episode. What am I talking about? Uh, what anyway, are you talking about? <laughs> let's take a listen to Bill Panzer and David Bromwitz on the episode "Eye for an Eye." This show was originally called "The Education of Richie Ryan." But about 10 years ago when we shot this, there was a movie out called The Education of Somebody, I forget who it was. And television producers being the courageous souls that we are, we decided that rather than create confusion, we would change the title of our show. Yeah, that'd be confusing, I bet. Something <laughs> a little less appropriate, and we called it An Eye for an Eye. It really should be called The Education of Stan Kirsch. When we cast Stan, we were just looking for a good actor, and we found one. Likeable, charming, and building a, a, a very nice fan base. We had not anticipated when we cast him that the option might exist for him to become an immortal. But we layered that into the first episode, The Gathering, and we decided that we were going to exercise that option as it were now. Suddenly, he had to go from being McLeod's sort of sidekick and, you know, younger brother character to taking his place in the world of immortals. The first thing you have to learn as an immortal is how to take care of yourself. So Stan had to, in addition to changing or beginning to change the way his relationship worked with his character and McLeod's character, he also had to learn how to do this stuff, and we had to see a kind of a growth pattern coming from him as he went from being like you or I who had never done anything, never held a sword in their hand, learning, and in this case specifically, that there was an opponent there, a present opponent who was very skillful and was and was waiting for him. The opponent, Sheena Easton, also had no martial arts skills or no sword skills. You don't say. So to she make everything a, a little easier for them, we set it in an almost impossible location. Steps leading up to the lighthouse would, would have been a very dicey place to have a sword fight, even if you had two terrific sword fighters. But Sheena had never held a sword in her life, you know, maybe at a dinner party or a costume ball, but... What? What? <laughs> one day to learn how to do that. And for two people who really had never done it before, between some clever directing and some clever editing, I think it looks like they're going at it. One of the episodes that I caught a lot of hell for was uh, An Eye for an Eye with Sheena Easton. Someone once told me that death was an aphrodisiac. It's a thing that pushes you to life, and the greatest thing in life and that's, that says life is sex. So we had McLeod make love to another character right after, uh, right after Tessa died. The fans hated it, and the women wanted to string me up. <laughs> Um, I was a cad and a cur and a misogynist. We're shooting on the, at the lighthouse, Jesus. Uh, on the stairs. Everything is That's very complicated. Yeah. And then a package, a box, gets washed up onto the shore. It says explosives on it. 
And we had to stop filming. And we lost six hours of shooting. We had an insurance claim. It's the only time that we ever stopped filming on Highlander ever. That's crazy. Right? Wow. That is so crazy. So what kind of dinner parties? <laughs> yeah, Sheena Easton. Oh, she, Sheena yeah. Easton runs in dangerous circles. <laughs> All right. And now before dessert, <laughs> pass the sword around. Yeah. You just hold it a little. No fighting. Yeah. There'll be no formal training here. <laughs> uh, so what did you guys think of this episode? It's great. I really liked it pretty much across the board. I think Sheena Easton does a pretty good job. I think Stan Kirsch really steps up. I think they handled the conflicts between Richie and Mac really well. I don't know. This ticked a lot of good boxes for me. I think the only thing that I would have wanted to make this episode better would have been a flashback with a more sympathetic Duncan. Not sympathetic to the audience, but more sympathetic to Sheena Easton. Because I feel like we've seen an older version of Duncan that absolutely would have been all about, like, yeah, this cause is right. I'm going to fight for it. I will die. Like, the cost is the cost, but I'm a warrior. I think that it would have been a little bit interesting to maybe juxtapose. The flashback that's there is pretty good, but have, like, an even, like, a, another flashback where you see shades of Sheena Easton in Mac. I liked the episode. I didn't like Sheena Easton. Hmm. I wish they got somebody else. I thought she did an okay job. Yeah, I, I agree she that she, she's clearly not a, a sword master, but we've seen that before. She, like, flinches a lot during those fights. Yeah. But I found it fairly, I found it believable enough. And I like, I still like the idea that they're bringing these musical heroes into the show. Yeah, sure. totally. Yeah, for the most part, I like this episode a lot. If If I didn't know this episode, like, if someone was like, oh, like, write the first episode where Richie is immortal like this probably is not the episode i would have thought like it handles things differently but i really like like they just throw richie into it all in and it's like yeah. you have to f- deal with this uh which i think is a really cool and, way to do it like it, and the romantic sh- connection is a good reason why mac doesn't just deal with it because right. they needed yeah. an excuse where mac just won't step in and save the bacon like save richie ryan wholesale exactly like, there needs to be a reason why he stays his hand and mm-hmm. i think this was handled well yeah it, it makes a lot of sense because i feel like in another version of a show like this like where it's like oh he's new to this like this is a very long training montage are you ready like this sort of thing like this this might last a couple episodes like getting richie ready for his first battle but yeah this they just jump right in which is mm-hmm. kind of cool yeah um, so i think it does a great job you want to know by now you want to know by now Guys, we learned a lot of lessons of these things. Uh, I'm wondering, what lessons did we learn from Duncan McLeod? <laughs> I think it's a very simple lesson. A man has needs. <laughs> <laughs> what are those needs, Keith? I, I don't feel comfortable saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think Matt... Matt? <laughs> yeah. I think Mac taught us you should always bring whiskey to a sword fight. Mac taught us a unfortunate lesson, which is, if you don't sex good enough... Your rebound will try to kill your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. We should do this more often. Uh, so, of course, every week we learn a new lesson from Mac, and we're always very grateful. And it, it makes us better people, I think. But I also, think so. but also, we, not only does Mac teach us lessons, but Richie tells us some things we should not do. Not, don't. No, <laughs> some, some things we, we should, should don't do. <laughs> 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 some, th- <laughs> some things we should don't do. What, what you don't do. Do, 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 do. What you don't do. The lessons we learn from Richie Ryan. Keith, what did you learn this episode from Richard Ryan? What you don't do is you don't offer a grieving man a hot dog. <laughs> At least not one of Rico's. 
Nico? Rico? Rico. Rico. It's Chewy Dogs. So He's like Sonic day. the Hedgehog. Richie is kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog in that they both got a lot of attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. they both get more powerful when they collect all the Chaos Emeralds. Eamon, what did you learn from Richie Ryan? I learned not to get on an Irish woman's bad side. I learned you don't take a deal from fucking Ron. Come on, Ron. <laughs> when Richie needed you most, he was trying to escape on his moped and it stalled out. It stalled out because the deal from Ron. <laughs> For shame. What's the matter with you? In all this time that you've been with me, how did you learn anything, yeah, anything, yeah? So, this week, dear readers, our question to you, and we should, well, we, we discussed a little bit about Richie's weapon choice. What weapon would, do you think would be the perfect Richie Ryan weapon? Oh. Like, what exemplifies him the most? Nunchucks. And why? <laughs> Nunchucks. And why, even? Because he picked them up. From that episode, the hunters, and put them in his helmet. Oh, no, but then Mac threw them at a hunter later in the episode, so he doesn't have them anymore. Damn it. That shoots that theory Uh, straight to hell. Wouldn't it be awesome if Richie was really good at nunchucks? I would love a training montage where he was terrible at all sorts of weapons. Yeah. And then he picked these up. He's like, oh, what are these? And he just started using them. (laughs) Actually, it would be better if it was a string of sausages. I I would prefer that. Well, I guess you can't cut somebody's head off with nunchaku. You cannot. No. Unless you put a sword on the edge of one. Aren't those a th- weapon? I think they are. Yeah, they've got like a sort of weapon that's like that. Yeah. It's like a comma, maybe. It's got like a like a little scythe thing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On like a chain. But you still probably can cut somebody's head off with that. Mm. Mm. I, I think I've seen animes that beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> I think the rapier choice is pretty close to the mark. I think Richie is definitely, because he's a fast talker, he's like a very glib i think he needs a fast-paced kind of weapon i've been on record as saying a rapier is a poor weapon for an immortal because i am skeptical that you could decapitate (laughs) someone with one everyone out there tell us what weapon you think richie ryan should use uh write us at highlander rewatched at gmail.com and of course uh comment on our facebook page we're going to be asking that later in the week on our facebook page so you can comment there and we'll read the best answers on air what are our final thoughts on this episode i think this is a great episode richie shines duncan's got some emotional stuff he's going through which is nice that they don't like just leave that lie because uh, some shows might just kind of move on from that uh like it's still things are carrying through which is good yeah, it's i think this is, a, this is a real solid season two episode yeah fascinating stuff <laughs> uh, well thank you everybody for listening to the episode on i4 and i join us next week for episode six everyone's favorite the zone and i know we have a lot to say about this one it's Too gonna much. be it's gonna be crazy <laughs> so Woof. uh so thanks for listening i've been one of your rewatchers keith this is kyle amen bye-bye Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling from glen to glen and something countryside. Mountainside. Do, 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 <laughs> do, 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 Duncan's calling. Oh, Danny boy, oh, Danny boy, I love you so.